If we haven't had an opportunity to meet yet, my name is Nathan Persley, and like Carlos said, I get the incredible opportunity to speak into our high schooler and our college-age students' lives here at Evergreen. It's been one of the coolest things that I've got to do within my own life. This graduation is special to me. My sister just graduated high school yesterday as well, so that's really cool. Um, All of my siblings and I are all graduated, so my parents are empty nesters. Are there any empty nesters in the room? Can you guys send me a text or send me an email giving my parents some advice because they need it? Um, they're not, I don't know what they're going to do with each other. <laughs> They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Oh, man. Well, this morning, we're going to be taking a look at Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn there. But before we get there... One of the things that I have learned in speaking and in Bible college is when we look at a passage and we study a passage, it's best for us to look at things in the whole context, right? So you you zoom out a little bit. And so as I was studying for this, I was reading through a little bit of Genesis and something stuck out to me in Genesis chapter 11. I think this speaks to what our seniors have gone through and actually to a lot of what we have gone through as a people. In Genesis chapter 11, we find the Tower of Babel. Somebody say Babel. Which is where man comes together in one valley, in one place, and decides we're going to be like God. We're going to try our hardest to be like God. In fact, we're going to build a tower so that God has to do something for us. And so God comes down from heaven and he sees what his people are doing. And he's like, this isn't good. And so in a chaotic event, God gives people different languages and scatters them all throughout the earth. And actually, throughout the whole Genesis narrative, we see these sort of chaotic events happening over and over again. The first one being in Genesis 3 with the fall of man, where Adam and Eve sin and they get kicked out of the garden. And then another one is the flood with Noah and the ark. What I find so interesting, at the end of Genesis 11... The second half of the chapter is a genealogy. And a genealogy is just names after names after names, right? This person's the father of this person, and this person's the father of this person. And I was talking to one of our, I was actually just talking to some people this week, and I I thought, man, our seniors, this class specifically, has gone through so much more than I did when I was graduating high school. Right? Like, they they had a harder time, and not because the essays were longer, or the tests were harder, or the classes were more difficult, but because the chaos of the world. Right? If you look at the last three to four years, you have COVID, you have political unrest, racial tension, financial struggle. All the while, our seniors demonstrated perseverance, grit. They were hardworking in the face of adversity. So can you clap for them one more time? Here's the thing about this genealogy. This genealogy is actually the line of Abraham, who we're going to study today. And, in this li- and from the line of Abraham comes the line of King David. And from the line of King David comes the line of Jesus. So throughout the chaos that was in the world, God was establishing his plan and his purpose. So seniors, 
God still has a plan and a purpose for your life despite the chaos of this world. Despite what the world has gone through, God is still making a way. You may not see it, though. You may not see it right now. You may not see it in this moment. But between the Tower of Babel, so Genesis 11 and Genesis 12, there is 300 years. 300 years. You may not see his plan working out right now, but it's coming. You may not think that, you may think that there's no way good can come from this, but it will. You may say, all I have experienced in the last four years is pain, sorrow, loss, heartbreak, but God has good coming to your life. And this can speak to anybody in this room. God has good coming to your life. One thing that you will know about God is he is not intimidated by chaos. In Genesis 1, it says he formed the world The earth was formless and void, and he created order from that chaos. Genesis 50, 20, this is is Joseph speaking to people who are oppressing him. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. He takes what appears to be bad and turns it to good for his glory. This morning, we're going to be examining just a little part of God's unfolding plan for humanity. And in this plan, a crazy act of obedience performed by a man named Abram, who we now know as Abraham. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for our seniors. God, I pray that you would be with them this summer and as they go off to different colleges God, that you would remind them that you're always near, that you're always close. God, I pray that today your word would speak. It does not return void. God, and if I don't bring it, I pray that your Holy Spirit brings it through me. And all I ask is that just one person would be impacted because one person can change the world. And everybody said, amen. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. It's going to be on the Sky Bible behind me, so don't worry. (laughs) Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Let me give you some context on who Abram is, or Abraham as we now know him. He is one of the patriarchs of the Jewish faith, right? How many guys have heard the song, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had? Right? He was the father of the Jewish tradition. He was one of the patriarchs, the founders, who the Jewish people looked to as their like creator outside of God. Actually, the patriarchs were him, his son, and his grandson, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And through the story of Abraham, 
we actually get a picture of what our story as believers looks like. The promise we find in Genesis 12, that he will be the father of many nations, he'll be a blessing so that you can be a blessing, provides the basis for the understanding of the promised land that we later find in Exodus. The world of Christ, where we live, and faith in the gospel. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to work through the passage verse by verse, point out some observations, and then we'll keep going. Sound good, okay? (laughs) Verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. God is asking Abram to leave all that he has known. In fact, in the Hebrew, which is the original text of this scripture, the form of the word go is actually a command. So God is commanding Abram to give up all that he has known, to pack up his things, to leave his family, to leave the house he is set to inherit. But here's where it gets crazier. God doesn't tell Abram where he's going. He just says, go. He says, go to the land that I will show you. Now, I may be alone in this, but I have never packed up all my stuff, put it in a U-Haul, which is my favorite thing in the world to do, and just left and gone somewhere. Has anybody ever done that, just like packed up all your stuff and left? Some people? Some people in here have? You guys are faith. That's faith. That seems crazy to me, and all the parents in here are like, I could not do that. Pack up my kids, all their toys, all their stuff, and we're just going to go. He just went. If it was me, I'd be like, okay, God, I hear you, but can I go scope it out first? Can I go look at it? Or, okay, God, I hear you, but can I get a job maybe? Can there be a job set out for me? Or, hey, God, um, I didn't know if you knew this, but I actually have a family, so this is going to be hard. Can you help me out a little bit? Tell me, like, which direction I'm going. Or at least, like, God, where am I going? I hear you, but where am I going to go? When we would say, I'll be obedient, but God is asking us to say, Or God is saying, be obedient and the blessing will come. In verse number two, it says, and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Abram doesn't get the blessing if he doesn't go, right? There was a point in my life where I had to make a decision to move down to the Portland area. I felt like that's where God wanted me to do. I was sensing that in this season, but I could have stayed where I was. If I hadn't had moved, here's a few things that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't have the friends that I have, right? I wouldn't know the people that I know. I wouldn't have met my wife, got married recently, hello. (laughs) And I wouldn't have gotten a call from a mentor saying, there's this church that is looking to hire a youth pastor, and I think you would be a perfect fit because I wouldn't have known him. Acts of obedience to what God has leads to the blessing that is waiting 
for you. Maybe some of you are stuck. Let's just say maybe some of you are stuck in a job where you feel like the grace on that season of your life is ending. You kind of know this isn't working out. I don't like waking up to go to work. This feels just like toil. It's not fun. I don't get anything out of this. Maybe you actually got a word from the Lord saying you need to transition, but you're stuck because you're like, I'm scared. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what's going to happen. I have a family to support. God, I hear you, but maybe all that God is asking for is you to take that first step of faith out, and then the blessing will come. A lot of us in here, let's, let's keep this, this metaphor, let's keep this, this storyline. When we step out of the job that we're in, we're like, man, I, hope, I think God's got a better job for me with better benefits, higher pay. Maybe that's what you'd be hoping for in that. But a lot of the times, the blessing that comes isn't when or what we expect it to be. Right? Maybe the blessing, if you have kids in here, maybe the blessing is you get to spend times with your kids. You get to hang out with them. You get to love on them. You're not gone 70 hours a week. Or maybe the blessing is you get to actually date your spouse. You get, to, you get to provide a rhythm where you and your spouse spend time together. Maybe it frees up time so that you can come and get connected in a church family. You can join a small group where you'll find fulfilling and lasting relationships where you grow together. Or maybe you have time to go to counseling to work through the things that have happened in your past. Here's my point. Maybe the blessing that God has for you isn't what you expect. Maybe it isn't when you expect it. If you were Abram, when would you expect this promise to be fulfilled? I know in my generation, we're like the swiping generation, so we got a short attention span. And so I'd be like, I took the step, God. I literally took one step. Where's the blessing? I walked the first mile, God, where's the blessing? Between Genesis 12 and 21, we find that there are three reiterations of this promise that God made to Abram. The first one, Abram's like, all right, God, it's been like five years. Where's this blessing? I've been waiting for it. So what God does is he says, don't worry, it's coming, but I'm going to change your name to Abraham which means father of many. Okay, okay. I know it's coming. It's coming, God. Another 10 years goes by. Abraham looks at his wife and notices her old age, and he's like, I don't know if we are going to be able to conceive, and I don't know if you're going to be able to carry and deliver a child. So he approaches God again, and God reiterates his promise. And then a few more years go by, and Sarah approaches Abraham. Sarah is Abraham's wife and says, I'm too old for this. This won't be able to happen. Why don't you conceive a child with my maid? And that will be the fulfillment of God's promise to us. In Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7, it says this. The Lord visited Sarah, Abraham's wife, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. 
And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. How old was Abraham when he received the promise and stepped out in obedience? 75. So between the time that God made the promise and the promise was fulfilled, 25 years had passed. Catch this. Abraham is made the father of nations. What do you think of when you hear the word nation? Country? What is a country made up of? Lots of people. Yet... Abraham is only given one legitimate son. When Abram thought many, God thought one. And when Abram thought now, God said later. God is faithful to do what he promised to do. I want to invite the worship team back up. So today, I want to encourage some of you. Maybe you have been waiting on a promise to be fulfilled from the Lord. Maybe God said something to you 25 years ago. Maybe he said something to you yesterday. And you're waiting for his promise to be fulfilled. He is faithful. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present. Proverbs 3, 4 through 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your strength. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Is somebody grateful that we don't have to make our own path? That we don't have to, we don't have to, to chase after our own things? That we have a God who says the promise is coming. Stay obedient. And our path is directed towards him. Maybe some of you need to hear this. The blessing is coming. Stay obedient. The blessing is coming. Stay obedient. The blessing is coming. Stay obedient. As we end... I want to consider this New Testament writer's perspective on Abraham. In Hebrews 11, 8 through 12, it says this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of the promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, Heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sands on the seashore. Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith hall of fame. 
in it, it goes through the whole biblical narrative, talking about the crazy acts of faith that people perform. And the book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrew church. And this chapter specifically is written as an encouragement to the believers. As an encouragement to the people. Say, hey, look back at what has happened. Look back at what God has done. Look back on the way that promises had been fulfilled through these people. Be encouraged. Through the line of Abraham comes Jesus. We are living today on the back of Abraham's obedience. And this obedience of Abraham made it possible for Jesus to be obedient. For Jesus to go to the cross so that you and I could receive the very same inheritance that Abraham received. The inheritance that we had been waiting for. Uh, Last week... We got to go as a team to the Foursquare uh, Centennial. It was 100 years. We celebrated 100 years. And one of the squares of the Foursquare gospel is the soon coming king, right? He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's a savior. He's a soon coming king. When we look at the life of Abraham, we can place ourselves into that because we have been given a promise. We have been given a promise that Jesus is still coming. Yet we don't know the time or the hour at which we, have to, we receive that inheritance. But while we're here, it is our job to remain faithful to the promise that God has made. God doesn't break promises. He doesn't turn against his word. He doesn't go against his character. Who God says he is, he is. And so today, we get to live as a faithful people to the promise. And maybe there are some of you in here who haven't made that decision yet who haven't chose Jesus yet, there's no shame. But when we have Jesus, we have access to hope. Because we are hopeful for the promise to be fulfilled. When we have Jesus, we have peace. Because he already won. The battle is already won. And we know he's coming again. And when we have Jesus, we have joy because we know where we are headed. We know where we are going. So if you guys would just bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. If you're here today and you might not have said yes to Jesus, I would ask that you would just look up. That you would just look up at us, that you would take this step of faith. Nobody's looking, nobody's watching. 
a moment between you and him, and we just want to come beside you. We just want to celebrate with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All it takes is a step to believe. All it takes is one step towards him. And he is faithful to the promises that he has made. Everybody else, you can look up at me. Here's where I want to leave you. Here's the question I have. Would you go? If God asked, would you go? Would you step out in obedience, not knowing what the blessing is? Not knowing what is coming? Maybe obedience in this season, for some of you, means leaving that job. Or means walking into a new season. And maybe some, for some of you others, obedience is staying right where you are, even when you don't want to. There is a promise that is being fulfilled. There is a blessing that is coming. Would 